0: Now, I know that this is not a normal look for our Sunday morning service. We've got swords hanging from our light fixtures. I know Miss Elaine didn't catch that at first. That's all right. Um, We've got baseball uh, equipment in the back. We've got hammers up here. We've got a tug-of-war rope. Um, We've got... um, A special target up here behind our singers, which will not be utilized until later. Um, We've got something up here with a guitar. And and (laughs) we are not doing pig calling. That is not happening today. (laughs) Although, now that Ryan has come up with this, we may see who has the best one. Since Ryan has now uh, created a new motif. So, uh, but this is Man Sunday. And uh, you know what? One of the things that um, has been a, a historical thing in the church is that women have been instrumental in the decorating of the church. How many will agree? You know, now it is not women's fault, right? And, and I have been involved in um, pastoring a church now for 32 plus years. And in 32 plus years, I probably have seen five men show up to decorating a church Sunday. <laughs> and, um, and it's probably been my son who's come to help hang something because he was assigned to do so. Um, so it's not been a regular occurrence where men show up to decorate the church. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) That, Yes, we wanted somebody tall to do something. Yes, we understand that. So, so typically... The women are responsible for picking out all the decorations and doing all the major decision-making when it, when it involves decorating a church. And so churches are decorated in a uh, woman's point of view. And because of that, a lot of men come in and they say, hey, um, where's, where's our um, influence? And it's like, you know what? Show up. Show up. Um, now I think there is a change coming you know I think a lot of men are choosing to start getting involved in new areas but we're not there yet Um, but this Sunday um, I decided to take um, a little proactive approach and uh, get involved with some some of our guys and we made some um, some very proactive decisions and we made we've geared this Sunday different now it may be scary for some of you. Um, there may be some oohs and ahs. Um, I pray none of you run from the church screaming. Everyone will be safe for the most part. No one will drop from the ceiling, I can promise you that. Ryan will not permit me. I almost attempted to hang something from the ceiling, but Ryan would not let me yesterday. So, (laughs) but uh, it is, uh, I wanted to to set up a day that is going to incorporate some scriptures that challenge us to be men the way God set things up. And so uh, you're going to say, Pastor, how in the world are you going to bring scripture into all this? I'm not going there yet, but um, we're going to do it. so uh, let's uh, let's take a moment, let's take a moment and pray. We're going to worship. It's going to be a little abbreviated worship, but it's going to be a powerful time of worship. And so uh, I invite you to worship with us, and then I'm going to invite our men to participate in a few uh, moments of competition, all right? Uh, and then we're going to have a a very powerful word. So uh, let's uh, pray. Father, thank you for this time today. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of your family, to be part of the body of Christ. Uh, Thank you for men. Thank you for Father's Day. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate men of God. Uh, Today, I pray that you would uh, open our minds uh, to your word in new ways, that you would o- open our minds to, um, Father, the, the masculine presence of God. And today I pray that as we worship, uh, we would understand that there is, um, there is a dangerous aspect to who you are. And that we need to be aware that as men, uh, there is something to be had to living in a manner that uh, recognizes that we weren't always created to live safe, that part of our nature was created to, to embrace this adventure aspect of life, and uh, we thank you for that. We ask for this in your name, amen. Let's worship together today. while we finish uh, getting the stage ready, would you greet one another in the Lord here this morning? Just uh, turn around, walk around, uh, greet one another, and we're going to get the stage ready here. Praise God, I am so excited for this day. It is different, you know. How many of you have ever wanted to come to church where it was just... (laughs) A service that you had no idea what was going to (laughs) happen? I don't even know what's going to happen, so. Um, about a month or so ago, I was working outside, and, uh, and, and really it began to, the inspiration for some of this, okay? Probably a little bit longer ago, uh, we were taking out some honeysuckles. How many of you have ever worked with honeysuckles? They are trees from hell itself. Can I say that? Are there any children in here? Small children that can't hear. Paul, you're a little bit beyond. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I don't have glasses anymore. I, I still want to grab them at times, you know. Um, but anyways, so anyways, at the end of it, I was, uh, there was a few stumps I took out, but then I had some that I was taking my, my handy sledgehammer. Every person needs one of these. Now, the bigger the sledgehammer, the heavier, but the more destructive it can be. Right? Like I had a small hedge sledgehammer, but it it really didn't break up as much stuff. So, as a guy, what do you do? You get a bigger sledgehammer, more power. Now, the thing is, it it you you know you you I was going to swing it a few times here, but. Miss Elaine, I love your sound effects. If I could record those and take them places. But here's the great thing. My ne- my grandkids were out there working with me. And it was just the my grandkids Gabe, Levi, Jonathan, and me. It's safer that way cuz then none of the none of the other adults are trying to tell me how to have them work with me. You know what I'm saying? Now, I had hammers for all of them and other tools for them to use. Now, what tool do you think they wanted to use? Now, they did want to use my chainsaw, too, but I was not using it right then. (laughs) But they wanted to use this. They said, Papa, can you put that down and let us? Now, they couldn't even pick it up. But they wanted to use this. And I started thinking, you know what? Boys want to be dangerous. They they don't want to live safe. Now, I love the way Michael and Tia raise their kids. Um, (laughs) Michael and Tia, if you've... (laughs) Michael is out in the front yards many days having swords fights with his kids. Now... He's bought them these plastic swords or rubberish swords, and they have sword fights. Now, they love that, and they have shields with them, and they, ha- they love having sword fights. But if you'll notice hanging from our lights, they also, these are all Michael's swords. They love playing with these swords. <laughs> they think that is the greatest thing thing in the world when they get to play with these swords and um, I love it now our neighbors have all seen them out there and they think that they think our the our grandkids are the greatest kids in the world they do there is an older couple that walk around and they stop every day like three times a day and they talk to our grandkids (laughs) we have a little pond out there and they they talk to our grandkids and they look at the fish and right now they can't see the fish so they really look in there to see if they can see the fish but they stop and talk to the grandkids and they they want to talk to them and through last year really developed during COVID last year um, that you know even though nobody else was touching anybody or talking anybody they began interacting with my kids and and it was during last year that Tabitha grew a pumpkin patch in our front yard (laughs) and we had like a thousand pumpkins and so what happened, Nancy and the grandkids took pumpkins around to all the neighbors and dropped them off, and it developed a relationship with this couple. And so they began to come around and, um, and just really started building on this relationship. And so, but I just began to realize that they realized these young boys are all boy, and they just, they love the, the nature that God has placed in them and so today what we're going to do is capitalize on some of the things that I believe God has placed in the heart of every young man and older man that sometimes has been suppressed so I'm going to call forward every young man and every man that would like to participate now it is not mandatory but it is encouraged so, I'm going to ask you to come from furthest reaches. Kate, come. There are no um, slides. So, you can come down, Kate, um, and just be, you know, de- sit down here going go put that all the way up. Kevin, come on down. Now, my first contest, my first competition, and I'll talk about these, how these fit into the message in a little bit. Each one of you that, you guys are still sitting. Did you miss my instruction? Maybe I am speaking in a different language. Down here, in front. Come. Each of you get three nails from the box. Now, this first competition, a great friend of mine in South Dakota taught me this um, at one of our uh, events in South Dakota. And your objective is this. I'm sorry, Miss Aubrey. You cannot do this yet. So um, the first competition is you must drive three nails into this stump In a time fashion, and I need somebody who will time each person. So I need three timers. So um is going to come, and Robert's got his timer out. And so, um, and I need one more person who's going to time. All right, you're not going to you're not going to drive nails. Oh, you got to do sounds and stuff. You know, Robert. I can out. You lucky there. All right. So um, now here's the thing. I am not going to tell you which hammer you have to use. We have, look at this, we have the standard hammer. I have got the Thor hammer. Because everybody needs a Thor hammer every once in a while, right? You know, I've got a good uh, masonry hammer. This is one of those ones that I just want to see who's going to pick up this rubberized mallet. all right this is well you know what that one is and this one really this one is your strong man's hammer you know um it's got a little bit of a rounded edge though so it's more of a skilled man's hammer so anyways um so I need (laughs) Uh now that one is a serious man's hammer so here you go I need three people to step up and you get to pick your hammer Everybody else stand off to the side except for the three competitors. All right, Sean, everybody either sit down in the front row if you're not competing. Um, you can start. You guys get the benefit of having the one that's already there. And, uh, and it's literally, I just, I just tacked it, that first one there. So, on your mark, get set, go. (laughs) You got all three of yours in, Matt? Wow. All right, now you guys. Somebody write down the times, and we need the next three. Next three people come. Who, whoever's got the timers, tell um, tell Robert the times for the people. Because at the end, I have a circular saw that we're giving away to the winner of the competition. Gabriel, who were you timing? Kevin? I mean, you got Kyle. 23:69. Uh, 23, 23 minutes and 69 seconds? <laughs> wow. Okay. I thought he 23. All right. Are you ready? On your mark. Get set. Go. Go! <laughs> go!
1: <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, um, Kevin's a disqualification as two of them are half bent over. <laughs> All righty, I need the, uh, the uh, next three. Uh, make, get, make sure that Robert has the time for Paul and for uh, Connor. Let me move this thing out of your way, I don't want you to get hit. Alright, on your mark, get set, go! Go, Farmer Joe! There is, there is no play in that boy. Who had Mr. Emmert's time on that? What? We can't talk about time yet. Who was in the center here? David was. Okay, Robert's recording those times. You got all the times? All right, next three. All right. All right, on your mark. I don't want this one. Hold on. I get to choose. You get, you choose whatever hammer you're going with. Thor, I figured you would. Don't use the pointy side
1: though. Going to break it. Okay.
0: All right, on your mark. Get set. Go.
1: I can't yeah. let the drummer beat
0: <laughs> All right, do we have anybody else? Sean, Willie, Isaac. All right, here we go. I'm on to the. I'm on to the trick,
1: by the way. That's soft wood.
0: They're all the, from the same tree. Are they really? Yeah, they're all from the exact same tree. I took them from the same stack at uh, uh, Gene's house. All right, on your mark, get set, go. It's a right-handed hammer. You know, you would know that, Ryan. Is there anybody else? All right. Gabriel? I'm sorry, my wrist does not permit me to participate. All right, looky right here. Three nails. Oh, you got to get two more from the box here. These were special nails that I had ordered in from Home Depot. All right, on your mark, get set, go. All right, good job, good job. All right, now record those. Okay, now we need to divide you guys equally up into two teams here. Two teams. Going Kyle. Woo. All right. Is it on that? <laughs> Everybody against Kyle, is that what you said?
1: All right. How many people do we have? Thank you. Thank you. Is there Are we? Is it
2: one? Do we
3: have one more?
2: Kevin, but we
0: have cut, so <laughs> Alright, here's the thing. You have to this is that the duct tape is it. You have to get it crot past the pew edge. Okay? Without running through the windows. I like this plan. That's why I'm not getting here. Smart smart. Smart man. Uh all right you guys ready yeah. on oh, it, it's
2: equal uh, it looks that
0: right. it right. is it is We're equal perfect. distance on your mark get set go
1: on, yeah I think they equaled match
0: Wow, gentlemen. That was all the talented musicians were on this side. Everybody. That was impressive. <laughs> that was that was impressive. All right. Gentlemen. All right. Let's gather the rope up. Pull it out of the way. All right. um. (laughs) I'll let you guys catch your breath there. I am I am genuinely impressed on your abilities there now. Now, I realize had we been outside and you'd had the, the genuine ability to stretch your legs out and get your, it would have been a whole different story. Now, this one right here, I realize, now these are certified Smith & Wesson throwing axes. Yes, Miss Elaine, we are going to throw these at this. Sign integrity, center, mass. Now, I want you to know that we are going to do everything we can to keep you all safe. The number one thing that we're going to do is we're going to throw that direction. The number two thing we're going to do is each person only gets three throws. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to invite all men out to Ryan's house on Friday evening at our men's event where we are going to have a true men's outing where we are going to have um, axe throwing and we actually have throwing knives. Now, I will tell you yesterday when we set this event up that um, we realized that the throwing knit knives may not be the safest things to throw in here. I won't tell you what happened, but we realized that they may be safer to use in an outdoor setting.
1: <laughs>
0: so... We are going to give you an opportunity to experience um, this outside, okay? Now, this is going to be a fun thing. And I realize no one probably has ever done this in a a church event before, okay? And I'm going to invite you up one at a time, right? One at a time. Now, these are sharp
1: I've
0: done this. on both edges. I've done this before, yeah. <laughs> I believe you. David. rolling Lou It is optional Kyle. It's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: if you throw it through that. um I
1: told you I might
0: throw it through. <laughs> A little high. <laughs> Matthew. Kevin. (laughs) oh sorry Willie I didn't see you back there behind Kyle Tristan. I just want to
4: make sure that goats. I was like interesting.
0: A little more flip. What? A little more flip on the wrist. That's it. That's it. Gabriel. That's it. Isaac Kevin. of power the There we go No, you're good Robert Jump whatever way you want, and I'll move out of your way.
3: (laughs) Throw that one
1: again,
0: Doug? No, (laughs) Tony. And someone get me a tissue because Kevin did get me, so. He drew blood. First blood. Let me get. It's all right. This is all I need. It'll be fine. It, it, they're quick dry. All right. Any other gentlemen? Gabe, come. No? G'day? Where else are you going to get to throw an axe in church? Jerry? Jerry? All right. Matt, go ahead and move that to the center. If one of you guys help uh, Matthew move this ladder to the center. All right. We're going to get into the word. Thank you for uh, obliging me on this uh, message portion. Yep, no, no, off to the side here just a little bit because. Yeah, Nance, do you need to move your camera? All right, I get my blood to stop bleeding there. It's not my first time bleeding in church, trust me. I've got it in the front row. I know, my wife laughs at me all the time because I use it frequently. Oh, band-aids come off. We're good now. All righty, here we go. This is Man Sunday. Why would somebody put a band-aid on Man Sunday, you know? All right, here we go. So here we go, this is, uh, each competition today had purpose, and I know you're trying to figure out where some of these purposes are coming. Nail hammering is one of those ones you're thinking, where in the world can you actually find purpose in scripture on this? We've got to get these tissues, because we don't actually use tissues, you know, as men. I know, I would have, but this is my good basketball shirt, and I only have one. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, some things you actually got to hammer down once in a while, um, in scripture and, uh, you know, you got to focus. And in, uh, in the second Timothy, it talks about that, um, we got to study to show ourselves approved, a workman worthy of our hire. Um, and, and really when we're looking at hammering, um, the whole process of learning to hammer is learning to use the tool properly. Now, one of the things that my friend Bruce taught me was um, a lot of people when they're hammering, they, they start out using the hammer really close and they're tapping it like this. And they try to hammer from that distance. Now, when I took on my friend Bruce, he was a, um, he was a former construction guy and he had a construction hammer that was like an extra like six inches long and he held the hammer down here on the end (laughs) and when he swung that hammer it was once to set it once you know to drive it halfway and the other time it was finished and so it was only three shots in every with every nail didn't matter when it was and none of them were ever bent And it was 16 penny nails. I, I was gracious with you guys. And I, I got these short nails for you. Because I really didn't want to be here all day. And, and I realized that, you know, um, the church was putting a bill on these. And I didn't want to, you know, spend a hundred bucks on nails. Um, so, we have to realize that if we are going to become proficient as men. We have to learn to study. It is time that the church stop depending on women to be the majority of people filling up Bible studies. Why is it only women were saying amen? Man, I'll tell you what. I am thankful for our Isaacs and Jerrys and Willies that are out here every Wednesday and David's you know they are out here every Wednesday and I don't want to leave any man that you know comes out here on a Wednesday night you know Um, Gabriel's you know they're out here every Wednesday and and I realize some people have some legitimate excuses on why they can't come but sometimes they just become excuses after a while, an excuse becomes just another reason why we can't make it. And, and, church, I want you to know the enemy loves it when we come up with another reason why we can't make it to Bible study. Tug of war. <laughs> we have to learn to work together. There are so many scriptures that tell us that we need to work together as a body. To function together. You know. Romans 8.28 says. We know that for those who love God. All things work together. For those who are called according for his purposes. Those who love God. Who work together for good. You know. I tell you what. I loved our last work day. You know. 30 some of us were gathered together here. Accomplishing much for the body of Christ. And this coming Saturday is another workday. You know, 10 o'clock, we're going to be gathered out here doing lots of projects around here. One of the things is we're going to be fixing this ceiling fan. Praise God. I have... Um, some of you have worried that this thing is going to fall, but you know what? It's been like that for like a, two years, and it hasn't fallen. If it hasn't fallen in two years, praise God, it's probably not. Um, probably. You know, most men take that approach. It's probably not. We never give you that guarantee. But, uh, but we're going to get a lot of things fixed. we got painting that's going to be done. You know, as long as we don't have another torrential uh, like we had this last Friday, Saturday. Um, praise God, I'm glad you're all here. Um, axe throwing. I know some of you are thinking, where in the world is pastor going on this? There, if he comes up with some good lessons on how in the world axe throwing can come into um, church, um, uh, you're going to buy him lunch. How many of you are ready to say that? I'm just was, Matthew, could I? <laughs> He's saying that because it's Father's Day and he was probably already planning on it. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 9.26 says, Therefore I do not run like a man. Running aimlessly, I do not fight like a man beating the air, but I aim at my target. That's right. I aim to please God. Jesus said, I always do what please him. Let me make sure I get the right scripture as I point this axe at you all. John 8.29. Woo! Two out of three so far. And then, most importantly, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, so it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Aim to use your gifts to please God. See, we can aim at a lot of things. And, and those are things that if we are willing to... Uh, Focus on those things from God. It is amazing what God can do for it, with us. And so church, um, these were fun to do. But I want you to know how much um, really these were about challenging us to w- awaken the man within us. These capitalized on, I think, things that men can excel at. But men haven't really done a lot to to do much with. Do you realize a lot of these areas were things that men were challenged to be good at years ago? These actually were, were things that men were challenged to be good at, you know, 30 years ago. They had to be good at. Nail driving competitions 30 years ago were actually competitions that men had to do. Because this was your livelihood, axe throwing. This is how <laughs> this was entertainment. <laughs> you know, tug of war. Man, you get a bunch of guys together. This is how they uh, they would actually uh, get their energy out. They're machismo, I guess you would say it. You know. Today, our society focuses on trying to cancel these things out, trying to get these things pushed out. It discourages the um, exercise of these traits in young men. Our, our society actually wants to control the narrative of how our young men are being developed, are being educated, are, are, being, um, are, are allowing their minds to be formed. As early as seven years old, and I know this ladder is getting in some of your ways, I'll try to move over a little bit, but I need the ladder here in a minute. So, as early as seven years old, young men are are being educated in the area of gender dysphoria, being told that they're not really men. Seven years. Years old. Do any of you know a seven-year-old? How old, Sawyer? Eight Eight years old. So imagine last year, Sawyer would have already been told that he might not be a young man. How many of you at seven could have handled that teaching that you might not be a, a, a young man? See that you don't even have that option because a lot of that teaching is actually coming into um, areas and being brought through places where you don't have an input. We need to understand that there is actually um, a a movement in our society that wants to control the the uh, the narrative of how our Society handles masculinity. One, um, one journalist actually was recorded as saying, do we actually need men today? <laughs> they, he, she, they, they were recorded as saying this, with the advancement of human cloning and the reserves of male sperm, maybe we should do a cost analysis benefit. It is true that most men have been the breadwinners, but most women have been the college graduates since 1990. And their numbers are continuing to grow. Basically, the article boiled down to this. Men have more muscle mass and control more of the deadly weapons. They were responsible for more killings. But women live longer and were healthier. It said, if men were cars, who would buy a model that didn't last as long, cost more to operate, and was less reliable? That's the mentality of our society when it comes to men. See, this is the world's definition and understanding of manhood. And that's why I felt that in our service today that we needed to have an understanding of manhood in relationship to how God viewed manhood today. And I have one more scripture for you today, and I think it probably is the most important scripture that we can have for this service today. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Men, we, you and I, are image bearers of God. You and I have purpose. You and I have value. Today's message is about recapturing Manhood. To start off today, I've asked a few of our young men to help us define manhood. I've asked Kevin, Tristan, Connor, and Matthew if they would come. Let me get you a microphone, which. There we go. Gabriel, turn on white.
3: All right, so um, he said about two, three minutes or so. um, I heard a quote that I really liked and it said that um, for men, uh, there's a distinct role in society and for us to fill that role, um, the world flourishes. And where men fail to fill that role, uh, the world burns. And so, I think it doesn't even take a believer to look around and see things like that because um, there's a lot of broken homes. And um, for me, like, I came from a broken home. I didn't have uh, a male figure in my life to look up to. So, um, for people like myself, it's not a pity party. It's just there's this, this, the stats are there. You know, there are a lot of people who, <clears throat> they grow up without that role model. And so, we're kind of forced to look around um, in the world and see like what actually defines a man. And so there's like a society, a world version, uh, and then there's a biblical version. And so what the world would have us believe is that it's a big beard, uh, massive bank account, huge muscles, um, yeah, etc. You know, I could keep going on. But the point is, um, a lot of times what that, that reveals uh, is really just a lot of insecurity and fear um, in men. And so what I've seen in role models that follow God's word and... Honestly, if you see just in the Bible at all is our role model is jesus um, and and for many different reasons, but for men um, there's there's a book I'm reading where it goes to there's there's almost three kind of components uh, of manhood um, and they are a battle to fight, uh, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue and just real quick the the battle to fight like men were created um, to fight I mean and that, that not necessarily fight each other, um, but it's no Secret. Um, historically, his, history has been violent, and there's been a lot of um, wars. And even in uh, biblical times, we see a lot of um, instances of believers called to, to battle. Um, and really, maybe it's not the same way for us now, especially in America, but the point is, our enemy is always around because it's both our flesh and the devil. And so we're called to fight, um, stand up, and, and really, the, the, the thing is, if you're in a fight, you have to fight back or you're going to get your butt handed to you, okay? So it's more like you got to get in the, in the fight and, and fight back. And then the second thing is an adventure to live. Um, the reality for, for men is that um, we're called to um, create things. We're called to have a vision. Um, whatever that is, men have different roles in the marketplace or in church and things like that. But the adventure is really about casting a vision uh, and, and having a place that you're going. Um, and off faith... Uh, relying on God's promises that he will get you there. I mean, there's a verse that says he who began a good work in you will complete that. Um, so, you know, it's having faith and living in an adventure, not just shrinking away. Um, and then the last thing is a beauty to rescue. This doesn't at all imply that women are uh, incapable of living without re- somebody to rescue, but there, it's no secret that um, Funny when he was mentioning the kids in the front yard, uh, it's why uh, young boys are always attracted to like cartoons where you got to go rescue the princess and things like that. But really, the most important thing for me about that is that men intervene. We pursue the woman, we intervene, um, we keep pursuing her. Um, and and that, that goes on after you're married, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not married yet, but um, from the men that I've seen, you know, they continue to pursue. Uh, their wives, and continue to pursue a relationship with their kids, um, and so it's the job of the man to intervene into situations where it may be awkward. So, as far as I'm concerned, like, there's a lot of good role models around for us, but, like, you don't have to have a great one in your family uh, to have a good role model, and so there's a lot around here that I look up to. So, yeah. Good job,
4: Yeah, so, first of all, thank you, Pastor Ralph. Um, yeah, really, as I was thinking about this, um, Wild Heart is such a good book, but kind of what—I was reading this week another book, and it was—really, it comes down to one word, and Connor kind of already said it, was Christ-likeness, that men should be like Christ. We should be seeking Christ. Um, without that in our life, there's—it's very hard to be, like, an actual man, because, like, as, he, as Connor was saying, that you can look out in wherever in the world, and, and without that seeking— it's really hard to be the image that you're supposed to be if you're not actually seeking what you should be. Um, some of the characteristics I was, like, thinking about this because I was, like, going about what I was going to say was, really, I love the Genesis creation story. I hate calling it a story. So, right. it's, a, it's a, it happened, so story, history. Um, but one of the first things that Adam, first of all, Adam was created in the wild he wasn't created in the garden right we are wild at heart as the book says there's a lot of different things that make us different from women and we need to be because if you have everyone the same it's boring first of all (laughs) really stop there it's boring like there's why do i need to interact with matt if i'm the same as him there's why there's no reason um but one of the first things after the fall that adam did was he passed the buck onto his onto Eve he was oh, i sinned not sorry it was it was her fault. it was this woman that you gave me it was her fault that that is a characteristic I think that a lot of men have to deal with sometimes because it's i mean I've had to deal with that myself it's it's not just everyone else's fault right it's it's I have to take ownership of my actions. It's a very man like this is a characteristic everyone should have, but like m- m- Me as a future like husband and like leader of my home and like whatever have you, it's I need to take responsibility for what actually happens in my home. I actually need to take responsibility for my relationship, right, with with my friends and and my brothers in Christ and like I need to take responsibility because if if there's tension between I'm just gonna you're you're here if there's tension between me and Matt, I can't blame it on him. If it's ninety nine percent his fault, I still have one percent. It's probably gonna be my ninety nine percent my fault, and I'm gonna take responsibility for that, right? we'll still say sorry first, right? But there, there's, there's, that was a just giant characteristic of just passing the buck and that I've seen too much in society.
5: Um, thank you, Pastor Ralph, for letting me talk today. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about three of the, what I think is the toughest things for men to get through and I wanna connect that to one word, which is growth. Um, and these three things I'm gonna talk about is age, excuses, and forgiveness. Um, so, like, we, in this age, like, we have technology, we have social media telling us as boys, like as seven, as young as seven years old, telling us to, to grow up and into a, a softer version of, of what men is supposed to really be like. and you know, I believe that that manhood shouldn't have an age to it. I believe that we should grow into men as we grow into, like, growing up in age. Like, um, we shouldn't make it an excuse as as to everything around us, as to why we can't grow up into the men that, that God wants us to be. And um, in every book about manhood that I have Read so far, it talks about excuses. Um, connecting age to to growing up into a man is, is growth. You know, like as as we grow up as kids, we should either be in our household, grown up as what man is is like in the eyes of God, or if that's not around us, we should read the Bible, read books, grow ourselves into the men that God wants us to be, and the men that we want to be. And so, excuses, I want to talk about, that's another really hard thing for us men to get through, and it's something that we have to get through. Like, we can't let what happened in the past determine what our life is gonna look like in the future, even in the, in the next week. Like, we can't let what happened last week shape our day today. We should be able to get through that. That shouldn't be an excuse, I mean, Growing up into manhood at, 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 at an age, like we shouldn't make that an excuse. Uh, and, and like the things around us, we shouldn't make that an excuse as to why we can't be men today. And one of the toughest things, I believe, for anybody, and, and for men too, is forgiveness. That's another very big factor in, in growth. Um, if we can't forgive, say, people uh, workspaces for burdens that they've that they've put on us then again we're making an excuse as to why we can't move on as men so i like to connect those three into one word which is growth and i believe those three are like one of the toughest things to get th- through as men but when we do get through that then is when we see ourselves growth grow, grow and when people around us see ourselves grow. Because men are supposed to take on tough obstacles, and that's, I'm done.
2: How's it going? So, a little bit of participation. There's technically two right answers, but I'm looking for one, so just, you know, feel free to answer what I want. (laughs) Who in the Old Testament was recognized as a strong mighty man of god. Right, hold on. That's that's the technically one of the right answers, but but he was strong mainly just in strength. I mean strong man. So David, okay? So David was recognized as a strong mighty man of god, okay? He was recognized as that at a young age, okay? Again, age is not the factor here, okay? Samson was strong only in might. The relationship with God was little. He let a lot of what was in the world take control of his life. That's just being real. But anyway, so technically that's why I was prefacing it. Anyway, but David, when you look at what made him strong, it wasn't the fact that he was large or anything. It's the fact of his relationship with God. When you look at how much time he spent with God, it showed how strong he was, okay? He could take on any obstacle because of his relationship with the Father. So when I was thinking about what it is to be a man, I was associating with how much time are you spending with the Lord and serving people? Because that is what David did throughout his entire life was serve others. He still made mistakes, a lot of mistakes, but please raise your hand if you haven't. All right, that's perfect. Thank you. Just wanted to make sure, um, because all of us fall short of the glory of God. they literally the Bible is so good at laying out all of the things that it did so that we don't have an excuse for God can't forgive me. If you look back through the Bible, someone has done worse 700 times more than you, there's not an excuse for not coming back to the Father, okay? That's just like, in, it's an excuse remover. Literally, I love how the story of Saul to Paul, he literally killed Christians, okay? All right? The, the people that he then preached to, he was killing them off. So, I look at what, what changed was his relationship with God, how much time he was spending with him, and it made him into a man, okay? So, that is, that is my, my definition, so, thank you.
0: These young men did a great job. Amen. So one of the things I'd like to highlight real quick, and I'm going to try to land this uh, as quick as I can here for us, is um, if our definition of manhood today gets off just a little bit, in 10 years, we are so far off of where we need to be that getting back to where we need to be is going to take, you know, twice as long. You know, God set up the definition of manhood for us. It's not our job to redefine it. See, society wants to keep redefining things. And if we give society the ability to start redefining more and more things, then what happens is they get the ability to start defining what church is all about. They get the ability to define what marriage is all about. They get the ability to define what family is all about. And all of a sudden, we don't get the ability to define what anything is about. And as a church, we have to take a stand for the things that God has called us to take a stand for. So I want you to understand as a church, you have to hold fast to the things that God has called us to hold fast to. We must begin to teach the things that God has called us to teach. Teach what it means to be a man again. I love that there's great books out there that we can teach. You know, teach your your young men every man's battles. You know, Goliath must fall. Wild at heart. Maximized manhood play the man. There are great books out there that we can get for our young men. We can teach them how to be a man again. We can teach our young men to climb new heights again. Nancy, don't look, okay? See, we don't have to be afraid of heights. Sometimes we start worrying about how high our young men can go. And the truth is, There is no ceiling on how high our young men can go. The only ceiling that is there is the one that we start speaking over them. You know what? I am not a person that is given to heights. I don't like roofs. Uh, I remember the first time I climbed a ladder. Um, It was an old rickety ladder that, you know, when I got... Halfway up it, it was, I don't know if it was the ladder shaking or me. Could have been both. You're right, Miss Elaine. But the, the thing is, the ladder was not built for my size. Now, when I was in South Dakota, I bought this ladder. Now, this ladder is built for over 300 pounds. When I bought this ladder, I'm not over 300 pounds. This ladder holds my weight. It doesn't move. I felt good on it. I no longer felt issue when I climbed up it. So I realized many times the reason I had issues with heights is because I was trying to climb heights without the right equipment underneath me. And sometimes it was because my parents didn't prepare me properly. See, if we start telling our kids what they can do, that it's they can accomplish whatever set before them, and we start equipping them with the right mentality. The truth is they can accomplish so much more. You know, my, my dad dropped out of school in, um, in ninth grade. My mom dropped out in eighth grade. And the only thing I ever heard was, you know what, you're never going to do anything. You know, when I was going off to college, everybody said, oh, you shouldn't go. You should just get a job. You should just work. You know, you should just try to accomplish whatever you can. Listen, stop limiting your children by what you think you could ne- ever do. The reality is you can do so much more. Just give yourself a little permission to believe. Teach them how to wield the sword of the Spirit. I used a, a smaller sword today. My wrist is not up to his potential. But you know what? The Bible is called the sword of the Spirit. And um, the thing that I hate most about a lot of believers that I hear see is that they use the Scripture to beat someone up and not to use it as a weapon against the enemy. That is the... Number one, it is is something that when I see them do it, I think God gets angry with them (laughs) first and foremost. When people begin to uh, use God's word as a weapon against another believer, God gets angry. God does not want us to use his word as a weapon against other people. He wants us to use it as a weapon against the enemy. We need to teach our young people how to break down walls and barriers because there are tools, and I'm not going to knock one of these, these logs out into the you know, crowd here for you guys as I did one of those rocks a couple years ago. Um, I'm, I'm going to protect you all. But we need to understand that we have the ability to break down barriers no matter what's in front of you. We have the ability... We need to teach them to aim at whatever is in front of you. See, I told you, you know, (laughs) I had people that told me that I couldn't. (laughs) I won't tell you who asked, you know, who said, you know, um, who gave indication that I wasn't going to be able to hit one of these targets. (laughs) Because I have one eye, you know, that works. Um, But I did have a couple people give indication that that may be a challenge for me. But it was not. So um, I just want you to know we can aim at whatever we take aim at. But we ha- we can't be afraid to aim, regardless of whatever limitations we think are present. We just got to aim and go, okay? Church, the only limiting factors you have in your life are what's between your ears, and that's just the truth. I learned to overcome odds a long time ago. You just got to get up and go and do things. One of the things that I believe that God placed on men, and and I'm going to close with this, okay, is God placed, I think, very specifically in men the ability to take responsibility. God placed in Noah the ability to take responsibility for his family, and, and he built the ark. Um, Willie you don't have to come up we're not going to have any songs or anything like that I appreciate your awareness there and um, it's already late and we're just I'm going to close out real quick And um, God placed in Abraham the ability to take responsibility for all the children of Israel to lead them, lead them out of uh, captivity God placed in uh, David the ability, listen to this to fight lions, tigers, and bears, oh my! <laughs> to dance before the Lord with complete abandonment, as a man. Woo! We could learn something, men, from that, right? David fought and took on the lions and the the, the bear um, with his bare hands, right? Man, that's a man. Jeremiah took responsibility to weep for a nation. Peter, James, John, Paul, and the other disciples to plant churches to save a nation. Each of these men were elevated to new levels when they took responsibility for their calling to reach areas, to touch a world. And I believe, church, that we can do the same. And I want to leave you with one last thought. And if you can write this down. I haven't asked you to write anything else down. Some of you probably have already done that. But if you could write this one thing down. What you celebrate, you create. What you celebrate, you create. And just like today, I want you guys to know you knocked it out of the park, ladies. <laughs> and, and men too. You, you celebrated every throw. <laughs> Even when it went over, You celebrated every throw, every tug, every war, I don't know, a tug of war, every hammer, every, you celebrated. And when you celebrate, what you celebrate, you create. You elevate every young man, every man to a new level. I heard this in an illustration this week you want to ele- elevate your, your you want to elevate your man to a new level of you know you get a jar of peanut butter and you tighten the lid extra tight and you take it to him and you uh, you ask him to open it for you <laughs> and you want to see your man act like Thor you watch them open that jar of peanut butter for you <laughs> man it's just uh, I am thankful. (laughs) I am thankful for men of God that know how to rise to the occasion. (laughs) Men, thank you for celebrating manhood with me today. Um, And and come out this week. What time are we meeting Friday? Six thirty. Come out, throw some axes, some knives, eat some hot dogs. What do we need to bring? Bring your side dishes? Yeah, just say we put that I'll bring my dogs and sausages. I think we'll lose no buns. Yeah. So we're going to broth. Bratz, king. Alrighty. Alrighty. Yes. We love me. Yes, amen. I are there any of our young men um that have never owned a circular saw here. Tristan? Okay. Um, Ryan, would you do me a favor? Right at the top of the steps there, go grab that circular saw and bring that here for me, real quick. I don't own <laughs> Your dad owns one? Well, I'm going to give this one to Tristan here today. So. You want to see what? Oh, um, while he's getting that, Robert, will you tell us the times on the uh, the hammering? Because those would be some pretty significant time zones there. I'll read those off for everybody. If you want to bring those to me, Kate, there? See if I can read these here for you. All righty. All right, Matthew had 6.2. Huh? Okay, Tristan, come on up here and uh, Ryan, you're going to present that to. Me. So, so Matthew, Gabriel, and Paul come up here. Paul Newman. So, I'm going to I'm going to award the circular saw to Tristan just because we can. I'm going to award third place to Matthew with a time of 6.22 seconds. Second place to Gabriel with a time of 6.19 seconds and first place to Paul with a time of 5.51 seconds well done um, Paul let me see no you were not last Paul you were, you were 16.13 seconds you were not bad. There were numerous people beyond you. We're going to leave it there. All right. At this time, we're going to have our ushers come. We're going to wait upon you for our monetizing offering. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate men today, and I pray your blessing. Uh, on this offering uh, that it would be multiplied to meet the needs of our church and we thank you for the faithfulness of your people Uh, we ask your blessing on these things ask for this in your precious name amen